Kitchen Rudimental, a series in which chef and author Annie Smithers investigates the very basics of kitchen craft. Joined here in the palatial backyard studios of Radio National by Annie Smithers. Hello, Jonathan. Now, um, not a cooking rudimental this time. We're going to do a little kitchen equipment rudimental. Oh, what are you throwing at me this time? Well, what what could be more rudimental in the kitchen equipment-wise than a knife? Yes, knives. Knives. Are they are they the chef's best friend? Oh, I suppose they are the chef's best well, friend. This, put that another way, is this... They're a chef's obsession. Is this one of the, the chef's most significant foundational skills? I think it is, and I I think that knife skills are beautiful things. And if I think way back to my earliest memories of why I wanted to become a cook, it actually was predated by wanting to become a butcher because mm-hmm. I lived in a outer suburban area of Melbourne. There was a little strip shopping centre there and an old-fashioned butcher's. And back in the 70s, there was sawdust on the floor and the wooden tables and... A little scabbard on his hip with yeah, the steel. Yeah, the scabbard and with the steel and all the knives. And it just seemed so... Well, not romantic, but it was sort of picture bookish. And... When I was growing up, my mother was quite a keen cook and she had some carbon steel knives, Mm. you know, the ones that discolour when they hit acid or things and rust if they're not looked after. Oh. But carbon steel sharpens very beautifully. And I had to, one of my jobs as a child, one of my chores was to feed the cats and the cats had to be fed fresh meat. I'm, I'm slightly and worried would, about where this is yeah, going. Yeah, well, I would <laughs> chop up the fresh meat and you should be worried because I really loved the sound that chopping through muscle made as the blade, it sings a little and then it hits the board and then it sings a little and hits the board. Probably means that I could be a serial killer, but we won't go there. But it was a fascination of the sound and the motion and, you know, know, watching the butchers at work and things and knives, you know, their, their, you know, how those knives were an extension of their, you know, their hands. I think it's interesting you you raised the sound of it because that's one of the one of the real tells about the sharpness of a knife is how that sounds. That sing, that it sings. Yeah. And there are so many things in a kitchen that sing to you. You know, it, it is a, you know, cooking is a very auditory experience. You know, your, your sponge will sing to you when it's ready. Your bread will sing Excuse to me, you when it's ready. what does your sponge say when it's ready? Well, it just sings. If you put your ear to it, you can hear this little, this little song from it. And the same with oh. your bread. Yeah, so there's yeah, there's always auditory cues with with cooking, and as as you are right to comment on, a sharp knife makes a very different sound to a blunt blade. So sharpening, I mean, and, and sharpening is a, oh, I, I'm terrible at it's it. It's a skill. It's a skill. So firstly, it, there's the knives that you choose. Now, in a in a domestic kitchen, I would have a cook's knife, a paring knife, and a bread knife, and that's really you know, all I need at home. In the kitchen at work, I've got lots of knives. I've got boning knives that go this way and that way and big meat knives and, you know, all sorts of things that you don't really need at home. You really only need, you know, two or three blades at home, a little one, a big one and a bread one. You don't want to cut bread with your proper knives Mm. because it makes them blunt. 
And then it comes down to the sort of knife that feels nice in your hand. I work with beautiful French knives. Um, they're a brand called uh, Le Chambriard that come from the the region in France where the knife guilds are, and that's sort of Thiers where all the knives seem to be made. Um, they've got the ones I have have beautiful juniper handles, so when they're new, mm. they smell delicious. They smell like gin. Um, they do sound a bit like gin. Um, and they fit beautifully in my hand. They're a weight that is very friendly to my, my you know, strength and size ratio. Uh, and the thing that I actually particularly love about them is that they have, you know, the heel at the back um, is very narrow, so they're very easy to sharpen all the way to the end. You know, sometimes with some clunkier knives, they'll be fatter at the heel, and when you're sharpening them, you get that little dip at the end where you've sharpened them badly and the blade you is no longer... quite got to the end. Yeah, and the blade is no longer straight, so that means that you've, you've lost about a centimetre or so of blade that you can actually use. So that, that thing of fit, though, that, that's going to be a very... and, and balance... It's going to be all about you and, and it's a your very hand. personal thing. Yeah. So, you know, a generic, you know, I, you know, I think we spoke last time about the Sunbeam, the Sunbeam frying pan. Yes. Um, is, yeah. Must be what this segment we do remember in a lot of, you know, a lot of kitchens in days gone by was the Wiltshire knife, the self-sharpening Wiltshire knife. For those who are not familiar with that, it was it, I think it was based on a on a, a military technology of a self sharpening bayonet yeah. scabbard. Yeah, and so you pop it into the into the scabbard, mm. and when you pull it out, you're running it across two you know files that file the edge. But they the thing about sharpening knives is it's all about the angle. So the angle has to be exactly the same every time you sharpen a knife. So if you're sharpening a knife on a whetstone or if you're sharpening a knife on a steel, is you need to keep that very constant. Which is hard. Well, it like anything, it takes practice. But the other thing is, is that there's, you know, there are different sorts of steel. You know, there's Damascus steel and there's carbon steel and there's all the, all, you know, and there's now handmade knife courses and knives, like many things in cooking, have become very on trend. Fetishised, I Fetishised, yes. <laughs> yes. On trend is, uh, you know, perhaps politer. There's also a huge surge towards using much more Asian shaped blades. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're very familiar with the you know the the ribbed blade now with the sort of hook the hook at the beak hook at the end of it and things. With um with blades from different cultures, I find that the blades actually work most effectively for that culture. So I use very European style knives which suit my European style food. Uh, the Asian-shaped knives, I find that they cut differently and my technique has to change to utilise those blades mm. more effectively. And when you watch masters, you know, you know, and I'm thinking here of the Japanese and the way that they use their knives, um, they actually cut with different techniques than, you know, a Western cook often will. So those blades work... Yeah, sometimes it'll be that they'll work better being drawn back rather than pushed forward. So it's a, you know, it's a fascinating subject to look mm. at all the differences with these things. I would think that the one thing that would set the home cook aside from 
the professional or the serious cook, chef, would be with sharpness of knife. Sharpness of knife, yes. And, and you know, someone like you would walk into a kitchen like mine and pick up the knife. And, think, oh and groan, God. groan quietly <laughs> under my breath, yeah. What do you expect me to crush with that? <laughs> but there's also, there's great theatre with knives. And, you know, for me... I've and there's specialty with them and how you use them. My I think that my best use of a knife is birds. I you know I'm very good at dissecting and boning and dealing with birds and you know that seems to have become a particular skill of mine. Mm. But I can remember years ago when I was back in Melbourne and there was a, a lovely young man that I worked with that now, you know, runs a beautiful restaurant up in, you know, far north Queensland. And he was a master at filleting fish. And he had a beautiful, long, flexible blade fish filleting knife. And he would have these, you know, huge fish on his, on his chopping board, you know, and just behind the wing and up to, you know, the back. And then this one fluid movement that just took the whole fillet off and it was perfect. And it, it takes your breath away when you see it right. done beautifully. It is, for me, it is that, yeah, you know, that consummate skill of, and your know, connection with your craft. And it's that singing of the knife as it does whatever you're asking it to do. It's balletic. It's, it's precision. It's, it's one of the beautiful parts of, you know, my craft. And I think that that's possibly why we get sort of so obsessed by our blades and whether they're sharp or whether they're not and whether they're doing, you know, what we want them to do. Is it possible to cook well without that sort of affinity, without that sort of skill? Because, you know, for most home cooks, you, you, I'm just chopping. Yeah, and I, it is just chopping and there's no... Um, there's no skill. And I think if we go back to the very, I think one of the very first episodes we did was chopping up an onion. We did, which will still be on the, on the website. Yeah. And it's, yeah, any, any, as best can be done in the, in the medium of sound. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful, you know, knives are incredibly important to us and they are incredibly important to the home cook. So my advice would be find, find a knife that you like. And there's a lot of sharpening services these days. And if you're not confident to get online and go and follow some instructions. And there's no end of that. Get them professionally done. But, And the other thing is, and I can tell you this from experience, is a, sh an, a cut from a sharp blade heals a great deal quicker than a cut from a blunt blade. And is less likely to occur given, you know, what, what blunt blades make you do. Well, you tell that to the Maybe. tips of my fingers, <laughs> which have, uh, you know, been lopped off on numerous occasions. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> oh, Annie, thank you. A lovely rumination uh, on the world of the knife. And do, do seek that out, the, the onion episode. I think it was the first chat Could we ever first, had. Yeah. I think we so, had a pre, preamble first about what our intentions were. Well, there we are. We never mentioned giggling though. Don't, don't listen to that because that'll be completely misleading. Yes. Um, but do check out the onion shopping. Uh, and there we are. Any rumination of the world of a knife. Thank, Thank you, you, Jonathan.
It's easier than ever to hear your favourite local and national ABC radio stations live and on demand on the ABC Listen app.